section twenty of a book of sibyls by anne thackeray ritchie this librivox recording is in the public domain miss edgeworth part thirteen one is glad to hear of her away and at bowwood reviving in good company in all senses of the word her old friend lord henry petty now lord lansdowne was still her friend and full of kindness outside the house spread a green deer park to rest her tired eyes within were pleasant and delightful companions to cheer her soul sir samuel romilly was there of whom she speaks with affectionate admiration as she does of her kind host and hostess i much enjoy the sight of lady lansdowne's happiness with her husband and her children beauty fortune cultivated society all united in short everything that the most reasonable or unreasonable could wish she is so amiable and desirous to make others happy miss edgeworth's power of making other people see things as she does is very remarkable in all these letters with a little imagination one could almost feel as if one might be able to travel back into the pleasant society in which she lived when she goes abroad soon after with her two younger sisters fanny the baby whose head so nearly came off in her arms and harriet who have both grown up by this time to be pretty and elegant young ladies the sisters are made welcome everywhere in paris as in london troops of acquaintance came forward to receive madame maria and mesdemoiselles Cesur, as they used to be announced most of their old friends were there still only the children had grown up and were now new friends to be greeted it is a confusion of names in visionary succession comprising english people no less than french miss edgeworth notes it all with a sure hand and true pen it is as one of the sketch-books of a great painter where whole pictures are indicated in a few just lines here is a peep at the abbe aux bois in eighteen twenty we went to madame recamier in her convent l'abbe aux bois up seventy-eight steps all came in with asthma elegant room she is elegant as ever mathieu de montmorency the ex-queen of sweden madame de boigne a charming woman and madame la marechale de blank a battered beauty smelling of garlic and screeching in vain to pass as a wit madame recamier has no more taken the veil than i have and is as little likely to do it she is quite beautiful she dresses herself and her little room with elegant simplicity and lives in a convent only because it is cheap and respectable one sees it all the convent the company the last refrain of former triumphs the faithful romantic mathieu de montmorency and above all the poor marechal who will screech for ever in her garlic let us turn the page we find another picture from these not long past days breakfast at camille jordan it was half-past twelve before the company assembled and we had an hour's delightful conversation with camille jordan and his wife in her spotless white muslin and little cap sitting at her husband's feet as he lay on the sofa as clean as nice as fresh as thoughtless of herself as my mother at this breakfast we saw three of the most distinguished of that party who call themselves les doctrinaires and say they are more attached to measures than to men 
here is another portrait of a portrait in its painter princess potemkin is a russian but she has all the grace softness winning manner of the polish ladies oval face pale with the finest softest most expressive chestnut dark eyes she has a sort of politeness which pleases peculiarly a mixture of the ease of high rank and early habit with something that is sentimental without affectation madame lebrun is painting her picture madame lebrun is sixty-six with great vivacity as well as genius and better worth seeing than her pictures for though they are speaking she speaks another visit the sisters paid which will interest the readers of madame de la roche jacquelin memoirs of the war in the vendee in a small bedroom well furnished with a fire just lighted we found madame de la roche jacquelin on the sofa her two daughters at work one spinning with a distaff the other embroidering muslin madame is a fat woman with a broad round fair face and a most benevolent expression her hair cut short and perfectly grey is seen under her cap the rest of her face much too young for such grey locks and though her face and bundled form all squashed on to a sofa did not at first promise much of gentility you could not hear her speak or hear her for three minutes without perceiving that she was well-born and well-bred madame de la roche jacquelin seems to have confided in miss edgeworth i am always sorry when any stranger sees me parce que je sais que je détruis toute illusion je sais que je devrais avoir l'air d'une héroïne she is much better than a heroine she is benevolence and truth herself we must not forget the scientific world where madame maria was no less at home than in fashionable literary cliques the sisters saw something of cuvier at paris in switzerland they travelled with the arago they were on their way to the marseilles at geneva when they stopped at the copay where miss edgeworth was always specially happy in the society of madame auguste de stal and madame de Bourgui. but switzerland is not one of the places where human beings only are in the ascendant other influences there are almost stronger than human ones i did not conceive it possible that i should feel so much pleasure from the beauties of nature as i have done since i came to this country the first moment when i saw mont blanc will remain an era in my life a new idea a new feeling standing alone in the mind miss edgeworth presently comes down from her mountain heights and full of interest throws herself into the talk of her friends at copay and geneva from which she quotes as it occurs to her here is rocca's indignant speech to lord byron who was abusing the stupidity of the genevese eh mi lord pourquoi venir vous forez parmi ces honnêtes gens there is arago's curious anecdote of napoleon who sent for him after the battle of waterloo offering him a large sum of money to accompany him to america the emperor had formed a project for founding a scientific colony in the new world arago was so indignant with him for abandoning his troops that he would have nothing to say to the plan a far more touching story is dr marseilles account of josephine poor josephine do you remember dr marseilles telling us that when he breakfasted with her she said pointing to her flowers 
these are my subjects i try to make them happy among other expeditions they made a pilgrimage to the home of the author of a work for which miss edgeworth seems to have entertained a mysterious enthusiasm the novel was called caroline de lichfield and was so much admired at the time that miss seward mentions a gentleman who wrote from abroad to propose for the hand of the authoress and who more fortunate than the poor chevalier edelkrantz was not refused by the lady perhaps some similarity of experience may have led maria edgeworth to wish for her acquaintance happily the time was past for miss edgeworth to look back her life was now shaped and moulded in its own groove the consideration the variety the difficulties of unmarried life were hers its agreeable change its monotony of feeling and of unselfish happiness compared with the necessary regularity the more personal felicity the less liberal interests of the married her life seems to have been full to overflowing of practical occupation and consideration for others what changing scenes and colours what a number of voices what a crowd of outstretched hands what interesting processions of people pass across her path there is something of her father's optimism and simplicity of nature in her unceasing brightness and activity in her resolutions to improve as time goes on her young brothers and sisters grow to be men and women with her sister's marriages new interests touch her warm heart between her and the brothers of the younger generation who did not turn to her as a sort of mother there may have been too great a difference of age for that companionship to continue which often exists between a child and a grown-up person so at least one is led to believe was the case as regards one of them mentioned in a memoir which has recently appeared but to her sisters she could be friend protector chaperone sympathizing companion and elder sister to the end of her days we hear of them all at bowood again on their way back to ireland and then we find them all at home settling down to the old life maria reading sevigny of whom she never tires end of section twenty